prominent family in a prominent place. A socialite mother and a brother named Buster. No, I'm not talking about Arrested Development. It's the Murdoch family and the mayhem that has ensued ever since Mother Maggie and younger brother Paul were executed by a shotgun-wielding killer on their sleepy South Carolina estate. And it's what I'm talking about next here on Drowning Verdict. Welcome to Drowning Verdict. I'm Chip Mahoney, and you're listening to my true crime podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about cases out there that fascinate me, and I go more in depth with the case. So thanks for being here today. Um, You might have found me on YouTube or my Twitter, which is a good way to get the latest episodes in that format. And if you stick around on YouTube and check out my channel more and subscribe, you'll get the full episodes there. Uh, No need to go to any other podcast platforms, but just in case you do like uh, your favorite pods uh, from Apple, Spotify, whichever, um, you know I'm there. You can find Drowning Verdict and you can follow there, but I definitely recommend the YouTube. Uh, I'm trying to build that channel more and more and hopefully uh, sooner than later start doing video pods so you can see my mug and I can connect better with you, but You know what? I'm actually working out a lot right now, so when I get on video, I can look somewhat decent because, uh, you know, as the saying goes, um, camera adds 10 pounds, and for me, sometimes it looks like it adds about, I don't know, 20, 25 pounds. It sucks, but uh, that's just the way it is in our video world and trying to get better at what I do, and then, uh, you know, once I do get on camera and start doing video podcasts. I hope you stick around and support the channel because I want to interact with you more and have you know more about what I do and the content that I'm going to bring to you. So in today's episode, uh, no sponsors today. I've had a bunch in the past. I'm doing uh, more content and just trying to get better at delivering that product to you because Drowning Verdict, it's hitting the charts. It's popular in a lot of places, but you know what? Not in the United States. I'm I'm big somewhere else, like China or Indonesia. I don't know. It just seems like I'm in the charts there more and more. Uh, places uh, that I've, some places I've never even heard of. Um, but people are checking in, um, and I'm just trying to deliver better content. Um, there's a lot of stories out there. There's a lot of true crime. I'm not trying to recycle stuff that is in so much of the news feed and uh, so much of the true crime shows just uh, blatantly going after the same stuff. Um, but If you've listened to Drowning Verdict, I try to bring something new to the table, something new to chew on that you might not find in the news feed and a reason to come back. So please do that. Alrighty, I'm through the intro and you know by the new opening segment that this is about uh, the Murdoch family, the saga, the episodic saga of this prominent family from a prominent place. And you know what? With a brother named Buster and all the things that have happened with this family kind of reminded me of Arrested Development, quite frankly. Um, They got a brother named Buster there. They've got a socialite mother and a lot of screwy things happening. And the patriarch is in jail in that that series, uh, which is kind of a classic series, if you will, on Netflix now. But it just reminded me of that. And if you just threw in the mayhem and the murder, I guess that's what you have. So I'm going to be talking about the Murdaws today, uh, Murdaugh equals murder, kind of sounds the same. And there's a lot going on there. 
And I mentioned Arrested Development. I mentioned Netflix because this stuff, I can guarantee, is coming to Netflix. It hits all the check marks for what um, you know the major uh, media companies are looking for. You know, you've got this prominent um, Southern family, obviously uh, wealthy and white, and just destruction. That hits one of their check boxes. But you know what? When you go down the list and just see what has happened in uh, the past, really in the recent past, within the last five years, you've got a boating accident. You've got a beautiful teen girl death. You've got um, a young man who was uh, out and gay in that community who was like run over in a hit and run. Um, that happened in 2015. And there's just some things that are coming to the surface, like bubbling to the surface, that all is not well. And with the execution uh, within the last uh, month or so of um, Maggie Murdaugh, who is the matriarch of the family, and the younger brother, Paul, 22 years old, and the way that they were executed, it makes for a mystery. And I'm going to talk about some of the things where I think this is going and what could pop up and some th things to look for, not that I can figure it out, not that I'm a detective or an internet sleuth, which I'm not. I'm an author. I talk about story connections, angles, and some uh, so forth, and every once in a while, maybe there's a shred of truth there. So that's what I do, and I've got an idea about this stuff, and I'm going to give you one word, one word when I finish this podcast towards the end that I think it's all about. And that's going to maybe unravel who the killer or killers are because Paul and mother Maggie were executed on their uh, South Carolina estate. And I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into that. So let's just do a little bit of background, a little bit of backstory on who the Murdaws are. Uh, you've probably heard about this case I'm assuming it's getting more national attention and like I said coming to Netflix soon I would put money on this deal because as far as true crime goes it's got everything that hits their check boxes and they can just do whatever they want with it really especially if the killer is not found anytime soon there could be a lot of speculations and just twisting that mystery more and more so the Murdoch's have you know, generations of power in a place that you've never heard of before. Yeah, you've never heard of this part of South Carolina, which is in Colton County. And if you have, good for you. I'm just saying that I haven't. And they have ruled the roost there. Um, really, um, the vehicle has been their law firm, which uh, generations of Murdaws have uh, basically been solicitors in the local law firm that has kind of dominated uh, the legalities of the, the area. And their, their um, specialty, I will say, is in like personal injury and so forth, which is ironic, and I'm going to get into it, um, about the boating accident. So with that law firm comes a lot of power, comes a lot of prestige, and they certainly, certainly have that there. And that's been going on, let's say, for, I don't know, maybe 100 years. Let's just say 100 years. And they call them solicitors. Now, 
solicitors not really a key word in the United States you call them lawyers in Europe you're gonna call a lawyer a solicitor so they refer to them as solicitors there so it's kind of a cue to see how old world and old money that place is I mean you could put John Grisham right in the middle of this to write his next novel which he probably will be you know it's just just that interesting so having this prestige and this power and this land in um, Colton County and Hampton area of South Carolina uh, throughout the the rural roads and all the waterways and all the land um, the Murdaugh's owned a lot about it uh, a lot of that land and in, uh, I believe it was 2019, I, th I believe it was two years ago, that young Paul, he would have been 20 years old at that time, about, was captaining um, a 17-foot uh, powerboat with a bunch of uh, his friends or hangers-on, I would say, that it sounds like, to be around uh, a kid that really had access to everything. It just sounds like he wasn't... Uh, popular without that prestige so if he didn't have that prestige would he be hanging out with these people it doesn't sound like it so captaining the boat 2 30 in the morning uh running wildly um uh, you know intoxicated all the makings of something bad fog on the water and they hit a piling he hits a piling he's uh he's driving the boat he's behind the wheel and the girl who ended up uh, being, uh, they all got launched from the, the boat, but the girl that who they couldn't find until about uh, seven days later, and she's obviously deceased, was just scared for her life. And apparently through reports was uh, telling uh, him to, you know, or her boyfriend, I believe, to stop with the way he was just all the mayhem in his driving. And, you know, that uh, related to an accident and, that's what happened and in the fog and the thick and the you know uh, two in the morning it took a long time for first responders to get there and really just figure out what what had happened but what had happened is he was um, likely intoxicated uh, angry uh, you can read the reports online about what was going on in that accident but or prior to that accident but what I'm bringing up here is that this accident happened on uh, land and water which is owned by the family which is owned by um, I believe it was uh, the grandfather so where this is all you know taking place is um, on their their land and on their water and it's a personal injury accident it's a, a negligent a lawsuit type of thing and there was a wrongful death lawsuit brought up by the mother of uh, the girl who had died but the irony is that Alex Murdaugh the father of Paul Murdaugh um, and this uh, law firm, um, you know, makes a lot of money or has made a lot of money in the past suing other entities uh, such as railroads and um, places of business where they can make a lot of money for personal injury cases. And here we have the boat, which is owned by Alex Murdoch, driven by the young son, Paul, who was subsequently murdered and the mystery surrounding that. Um, and he himself is guilty of uh, personal injury with his own uh, watercraft. So they go through court and it seems to me like a slap on the wrist. Nothing really became of it. Um, and if you are writing a novel, you could certainly <clears throat> put in those pieces of how justice wasn't served. 
and you know it, it just it, it just sounds fishy it do, just doesn't sound right and i think there was a lot of injustice there that happened in that case but what it did is it brought to uh to life some other things that the family had been getting away with and in 2015 there um, it's speculated that a uh, teenager or let's say a kid who was uh, in high school i don't know a specific age but he was young and he was out he was gay and he was somehow run over by somebody and found um either in the middle of the road or the side of the road and you know that happened in 2015 and and that was just kind of swept under the rug i believe it happened also on the property which they own so much property um and nothing became of it but now they're reinvestigating that case they're reinvestigating that case because of what's going on and all the attention brought to this case because mother maggie and younger um the young son paul were executed on their estate, um, you know, uh, really within a matter of weeks ago, and Alex, the father, was not on the property when this happened. He did come back, I think, about an hour later after it happened. It supposedly went down about nine to nine thirty p.m. He was back within about an hour or so, and he's the one who discovered uh, the bodies, which were over by the dog kennels. And you can imagine this estate, which is like 1,700 acres, I believe, and just how, um, you know, accessing this property, you would have to know how to get there. You'd have to know where you're going because there ain't nobody around. There's no neighbors. Um, it's, It's very, very closed off, and there's a big gate out in front of it and so forth. But the word that I'm uh, mentioned in the beginning of this podcast and where I'm going to be going here in the next five minutes to um, wrap up the podcast so you can get on with your day and, you know, maybe we can talk more about this as this case develops. But the word I'm going to bring up is the word personal. In Alex Murdoch's um, uh, law firm, there's that word personal injury that's what they sue for that's what uh ambulance chasers you know uh, lawyers who chase ambulances sue for is personal injury somebody got in an accident you're at fault and we're going to sue you and there's millions of dollars at stake uh, suing insurance companies suing railroads suing whomever has money who can pay and so you have personal injury in that that kind of work but personal is the one word that i'm focusing on because when you bring something to the door of somebody's uh, house and you execute them. Paul was executed with a shotgun. His face was unrecognizable. His body was just torn apart. And then the mother was shot with a different type of rifle, like a either a hunting rifle or more of a like a high-powered scope or something like that, but not a shotgun. That's personal. You bring it to the home, you bring it to the doorstep, and you put a shotgun in somebody's face. That is personal. So the question I asked from there with uh, my background in true crime and kind of my author mind I talk about from time to time with story and so forth is, did Paul ever get in somebody's face? Did he ever get in somebody's face? And it seems to me that he did. He seems like he was... Um, if I were writing this character, not knowing this person, and you know, I have to just put an asterisk by that because I don't know these people, and I'm not necessarily judging what's going on. I'm just um, 
kind of bringing to life some facts and, and thinking about what could happen here or what truth could come to light is what kind of person was he? And it seems to me he was out of control that if he didn't have the power, the prestige, the influence, the money, the ability to have a, a boat in order to bring people aboard on it and do all those fun things that most teenagers can't do because they don't have the access to, what kind of person was he? Was he like one of the young Kennedys who's just out of control because they think that where they live and everything that they do, they can get away with? So did he get in anyone's face? Because you know what? He got a shotgun to the face. They brought it to his door. Whoever the killer or killers are brought it to him. They shot him first. They wanted his face first, if you know what I'm saying. That's my take on it. That's my take on it. So... Aside from the threats, the online threats, aside from the um, uh, lawsuit brought by the mother of the young woman who was killed in that boating accident, did the young son who got the shotgun to the face, did he get in anyone's face? And that's where I would be kind of looking. Uh, maybe there's no evidence there or any facts, but that's kind of what I would be thinking of. Because when you bring it to the home, you bring it to the doorstep, it's personal. And let me just remind you, of a previous case uh, called um, it happened you know uh, not too long ago but more so now that it was uh, in not uh, not the um, not too distant past but it was uh, the Wagner Roden uh, case where the Roden family was basically executed most of them on their homestead where they lived um, not in a prominent place but they definitely had a lot of land more like a trailer park kind of family but they were all executed and originally um, they thought it had to do with drugs they had to do with some sort of like cartel hit because it was just so um, sweeping and it was an absolute execution it was absolutely um, that way but what it ended up being was a personal attack it was a personal thing between um, the uh, the Wagner and Roden clans you can call them clans because it kind of seems like the Hatfields and McCoys they're like clan type people it seems like in that rural area where they were, I believe it was in Ohio somewhere, if I remember. Um, but it's been a while, is what I'm saying. But uh, within the last year or two, I think, uh, from the time frame standpoint, point that um, investigators found that the Wagner um, uh, relationship uh, with one of the, I believe, the sons and the, the daughters of the Roden family, and a custody kind of thing over the young child, uh, like a a child between them was the reason that they brought that hell to the door and that execution it was personal because of a custody thing that they wouldn't allow a custody to go to uh i believe the wagner boy so you probably tell me more about it i've done some research on the case but what i'm saying is that when you have these problems and you have these type of people who are um capable of murder and something goes south that when it is personal a lot of times they bring it to the home they bring it to the doorstep and they put the gun in the face they put the gun in the back of the head and it's personal it's not just it's not just shoot to kill it's shoot to kill and send a message to maim and so therefore i think i think that uh when this went down that paul was the first one to be shot and I believe that he was probably shot within view of his mother so he himself could see the barrel of the gun in his face and as I'm told he is was completely disfigured 
And so I believe that was the first shot. And then she probably uh, went off in a direction, maybe more towards uh, uh, the dog kennel area. I don't know. But I then think she was shot more like uh, you would shoot a deer, you know, uh, someone running away. And it seems to me that's the way that happened because I doubt that she was shot first. And so they brought it to the doorstep. Maybe words were exchanged. And that's what it was about. So did young Paul get in anyone's face? Was he the reason why somebody said, this kid's getting away with murder? He murdered a young woman. He got a slap on the wrist. Nothing's being done about it. Something happened in 2015. Boy dead found in the middle of the road, somewhere on like a uh, rural road there. And years and years of, you know, this family getting away with everything they got away with from personal injury lawsuits to now murder. And somebody somebody went over the edge to take justice into their own hands, which they felt was an injustice happening. And that's what I think that could be found out more about this case. And we shall see. So I'm finishing uh, this episode on that one word, personal, personal injury and personal execution, bringing the dirt, bringing it to the doorstep and putting, uh, putting the gun in the face and with a shotgun, man, that's just awful. That's just awful. But somebody's sending a message. And hopefully, hopefully sooner than later, that person or persons can be caught. Because you know what? There's a killer on the loose in South Carolina in that sleepy area. I know it makes for a good novel. It makes for a good mystery. But not in real life. The person needs to be caught. This Chip Mahoney sign off on Drowning Verdict. I want to thank you for checking me out today. And maybe we'll have more on this case soon. Have a good day.